Yeah, so Rob's over here at the first time at my new my new apartment as, yeah. because it seems like as his tradition of the show is that six months into something Nick has to move. Yeah, <laughs> so um, moving further and further and further away from everyone. <laughs> I like your room though, well proportioned. Yeah, it's cute, right? Can't complain. Um, you live pretty, you know. Uh, don't want to divulge too much personal information. You live uh, in Danea von Schloss Charlottenburg. Yeah, which I've never been to, but I always remember your description of it. When when did you go? Like I went there like the last time my mom was here, which was like two years ago, I think. I've never I've never been inside, but oh yeah, I am very curious about your descriptions. I you should share um, it with podcast. Yeah, I, because uh, I've been to I know no, I've never been to Versailles, but like I've been to like in like Spain, they have all the like big yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. and like people having a picture of it from like. I think people kind of know what like the Spanish and French. Have you not been like, to San Suchi or whatever the fuck it is out in in Potsdam. No, it's actually like really small, but it's just on a massive plot of land. I've never been so like I think people have that idea of like you know there's a grand European royal opulence in mind. But um, your description of the <laughs> the Schloss Charlottenburg was very interesting to me as a counterpoint. Yeah, I think that um, the I'm surprised I've never mentioned this on the show. Actually, I don't think so. Is that my theory of that one, uh, if you need any more evidence of why every single like monarch during the like 19th century mm-hmm. should have just been like not just abdicated, but just executed. Mm. Uh, Schloss Charlottenburg is like the best <laughs> example of that, because the thing that's so perfect about it is while like um, there's a very interesting fascination. Sorry, I'm just closing the bottle. Um, this is a very Nick interesting is fascination. What? Nick is drinking red wine. Yeah. I'm lying on his floor with using a basketball as a pillow. Exactly. <laughs> this is this is you know uh, these are the speedy laid back hours. No parents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you just notice it's just Nick and I. But th- there's a level of like like aristocratic opulence of the ni- like well not even just of the 19th century but like leading into then the sense of you know the revolutions that then hit Europe and whatnot. Um I love how there's this obsession with people thinking that that they had taste mm-hmm. when you say were, what you will about them, but they had they were stylish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally, like people like damn, like I'm sorry, like I mean I've never been to Versailles or whatever, but like seeing like the like ornateness of it is mm-hmm. like the tackiest shit to me. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I like about Schloss Charlottenburg so much is that it's the tackiness, like threefold because it's germany <laughs> so it's like one we're german we have literally no taste whatsoever um but also there's just like a lot of cues of just like by the way we're really racist too <laughs> and i love it i think it's the perfect the perfect example of a relic of something that's just like i don't get why that building is still up and they tore down the palace de République. You know, and then they put up this like Hohenzollern, you know, monstrosity of a castle. Like there is a weird sense in in Europe in general. Not even style, Nick. But yeah, it's called fashion. (laughs) No stylist. (laughs) Yeah, uh, (laughs) King Wilhelm just coming out drippy. You know, can't move his left arm, but yeah, no stylist dog. Um, But there's really something that's that's incredibly fascinating to me. That then that. It's just kind of this unwritten thing within like Europe of just like, well, yeah, like we have to like preserve these buildings. And I, I don't like you have to pay admission to go to Schloss Charlottenburg. The historicism of it like makes no sense to me of like, yeah, some fucking rich cunts lived here. But I like like 
there was something incredibly like liberating of the fact of like when you know the Soviet Union like took over buildings of like the aristocracy or like churches and stuff like that. They made them into like cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 cathedral in Riga got turned into like a uh, like a, I think a planetarium or something like that. <laughs> sure, and then had like a restaurant too in it. Like they became like. The buildings themselves weren't demolished. Mm-hmm. They were then used so that then the public could then obviously enjoy them. And it wasn't even in a sense of like an educational sense of like, look at, you know, what the, how the czars lived. It's just like, there's a building, mm-hmm. let's use it, so on and so forth. And the rest of like continental Europe, I mean, Russia does this now, you know, with their whole like weird imperial like bullshit that they're on right now. Mm-hmm. But Europe's like inability to then like, I feel that then, like, the biggest way of then, like, accepting that they're a republic would be just, like, yo, fuck them. Like, make... Sosselottenburg is a massive green area that, like, has a park and this and that and that. But the building itself is just this eyesore with, like, there's... All right. <laughs> there's a room that then is filled with China. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to ask. Please yeah. please describe this. This is there's what I remember room in particular. filled with China, which then has caricatures of Chinese men holding China. <laughs> Like so protruding like, out what, of the wall. What, what, describe how they're protruding out of the wall. They're like hold, is, they're statues. They're wood. Like they're like, like carved out of out of the wall. No, no, they're added to the wall, and they're like protruding out. Yeah, of yeah, it, but like statues. It could be as if the whole. I'm sure this is not how it was made, but I, the way I imagine it is that like the entire wall could have been carved away except for this piece of caricature. <laughs> no, unfortunately, they're it. just added to it, and they're like coming out of the wall holding the pieces is and they're all is, is that like some racist thing Germans thought about China in the 1800s I guess I don't know walls? yeah yeah okay, and, just, and then they're holding they're holding the pieces of like the larger pieces of China <laughs> and then they're all plastered like they're all like put up on the wall and it's literally called the China room <laughs> Yeah, this is what you get when you have unlimited wealth. <laughs> but that's also that's just so tacky too. <laughs> like, what does that mean? And of course, like a more German, like exotic, uh, like a fascin a fascination with the exotic. Which yeah, exactly. It's very yeah. long documented on this on this podcast. Yeah, that's it. There's really not much. I mean, like it's just like I remember going through with my mom when I went through that. It was just like this is the ugliest building <laughs> in town, and that is saying a lot. Um. Yeah, it's like not pretty in any regard. Like the outside, I think looks like shit. The inside looks even shittier. Just make it into something useful. I don't know. Like there's some build, there's some like you know castles that then like have been changed to like university buildings and whatnot. Like paying people, having people spend like fourteen euros to like look at racism on the wall isn't. It's not. It's not even like educational either. It's just like yo, is they live here. Is it fourteen euros? It's expensive as shit. Ooh. Yeah. Like, well, I'm going to go go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get in. You get it. You get a discount. Oh, but nice. um, yeah, it's just uh, the, I think that was funny. The first thing that then that came to your mind was like, oh, yeah, you live near the that place <laughs> you that you hate. The China room. I yeah. always remember the China room, man. Yeah, it yeah. is like to be very fair. Um, it is like the park around. It's really nice, but you're like not a really allowed in certain parts of it and whatnot. Mm. I don't know. Will they let me do a TikTok inside? Yeah, like, I think uh, that they will. Yeah. I just discovered this. Like it's like Aldi in the U.S. <laughs> <They're> like, Look <laughs> at these guys. <laughs> I just discovered the China room. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. My uh, my 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 like little geheim tip for Berlin is the China yeah, room. Yeah, Corner Spatey walking tour coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can you can uh, pay us money to take you around to places that are stupid. Hmm. 
I want to steal one and put it in, in your room. Please don't. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, random people come into my room and be like, Nick, why do you have a, why do you have a Chinese caricature protruding out of your wall, holding a big chi- a big bowl of? If you hold whatever you want, I mean, once it's yours, right? Can't you swap it out? No. I don't know. I feel that then it might like like you could put lighters in there or something. <laughs> I don't know. I feel that then it's like the fact of it being as extremely racist as it possibly can yeah. be is like I just don't want to fuck with yeah. the uh, with the whole with 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 the vibes. Maybe something bad'll happen. Yeah, it's I, it could be cursed. Yeah. It should be. It's not. Yeah, maybe like yeah, maybe like the Hohenzollern family will like rise from the dead and just like try to collect their missing pieces <laughs> of China. Yeah, whoever's whoever gets more racist than them. It's like you free them from their <laughs> from their uh, curse, and they can return and haunt the earth. Yeah, yeah. So, but watch out for that. Yeah, stay vigilant. Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to your weekly Cornish Beatty. As Rob and I have already mentioned, it is just the two of us. Yep. We're uh, we're chilling. We've uh, it's it was Halloween weekend. We weren't going to be productive. Happy Halloween, by the happy, way. Happy Happy Halloween, or I guess now Happy All Saints Day tomorrow mm. which will be when this episode comes out but and we are recording this on halloween quick we are recording quick on turnaround halloween. on this one did you buy any candy me yeah no i don't like candy that much but do you think you get any trick-or-treaters no one's no one's wrong the no they're german some people trick-or-treat did you see that like that thing of like that letter that was going around on Twitter of like some German person. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Like please don't, please, please don't, don't give, give candy. <laughs> give like yes. kohlrabi sticks, <laughs> and like yeah, that is that is the most uh, uh, yuppie green vibes. <laughs> yeah, but, honestly, it's a. Uh, I ate so much candy as a kid on Halloween. It was not good for me, <laughs> but I understand it's a. Uh, you know, you can't, you can't it's stop. It's a one time of the year thing. You know, like let the. I let me just say, I made it. I made it worth it. Right? That's I was, right. I was like a. I was like a bear <laughs> getting ready for hibernation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you eat, if you eat, I calculate if you eat fifty thousand Snickers, you can make it through the uh, through the winter. <laughs> but then, of course, I would just keep eating in the winter too. Yeah, but uh, in the case of it being, you know, Halloween weekend, and we are all. Uh, knackered, as yeah. some people would say. Went to a couple couple parties, saw some friends. Yeah, uh, I, Rob and I sat down and watched a movie that then I, 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 I like weirdly wanted to watch, but I've only wanted <laughs> to watch it with someone. I understand. And uh, so we watched the this really stupid documentary about the bouncers at clubs in Berlin. Yep, Berlin bouncer. Berlin bouncer. Yeah, it premiered at the 2019. Berlin Film Festival. Mm-hmm. So that's how you know it's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing but bangers uh, at the at the Berlinale. But I uh, I was mostly curious about this because one of the main characters of this is uh, Sven, who the feel, Sven, the Sven, who is the the bouncer at Bergheim. And it was like marketed as that like he's the main like he's the main character and everyone else around him is but it, like he was actually in it I think the least if I'm not mistaken probably and um, it was pretty equal between the three true yeah yeah but no the the other dude uh, the, the Mister we'll get to him he definitely had the most on air time but the the reason I think that then that I wanted to watch this is because I don't think any other country in the world has such an obsession with. Uh, club bouncers yeah like an unhealthy obsession yeah it kind of sucks and i 
came into this thesis of that then the reason that then uh Berlin and Germany have this is because it's ultimately cop mentality and Germany is a cop country. So Ooh. the respect of your Türsteher or your bouncer is like he's a, he's he's the troops, you know, yeah, he's yeah, someone yeah. that then that, you know, uh, blue lives matter yeah. and, you know, all this other type of shit. Germans default to this type of like respect for authority. Sure. Even if they like pretend that they don't like they make up other like authoritarian figures for them to respect and be obsessed with yes people who respect sven or other uh, other other bouncers may not particularly like the cops but then mm-hmm. you know you've just created your own police you know yeah. so i i find this to be um one of the odder things of just living here of that then people talk about especially sven like he's like some like enigmatic figure Mm -hmm. and that he's like radiates cool and i cannot describe to you of that that i've never seen someone have worse fit and drip (laughs) he's just he's also just like not he's just kind of boring he's super boring interesting person but he like (laughs) tries to do this thing that people who are actually really boring who try to perceive Mm -hmm. themselves as Mm -hmm. cool do Mm -hmm. is by like being like really like vague enigmatic Um, not really giving any straight answers the entire time and like refusing to answer questions that are like really basic of like, would you have a relationship with someone? And just like, like is quiet for like a minute. And he's like, <laughs> I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, that means you, you could fill in that, that, uh, that silent, you, you could, know. that could be anything. It is by definition cooler than whatever he could possibly say because you can imagine he's yeah. thinking the coolest stuff and it definitely like, i mean like and it, for him they went into the fact that he's also i mean for those who don't know he also does photography um i don't know if he's a well-respected photographer it I just seems know. like he did very just generic black and white photos <laughs> we were joking that like there's one scene where he's just taking like not very cool photos of some DJ. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was doing like promo shots for some DJ. They literally looked as tacky as you could possibly imagine. And I think he was that, like half like his like hiding behind a wall. So you yeah. just see like half his face. There are photos that I've done as a joke with friends of yeah. mine of like, but you know, Sven could charge maybe a million euros for a photo shoot and get plenty of takers in yeah. Berlin, aspiring DJs in Berlin. Well, this is no in Berlin. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So this is the thing that then I think is so interesting about this documentary as well is that it can only exist within a sense of being then for one city in the world, which is Berlin. The audience mm-hmm. of this is not larger than the three or 4 million people who live in Berlin or people who have like lived in Berlin before. And the thing I find that's incredibly interesting about Berlin is that there is actually like when you like kind of, pull back the curtain of the obsession with it there's nothing happening in berlin Mm -hmm. all right there's no like actual art scene that then's like unique to it there's no music scene that then's actually unique to it it's continuing like living in in an era that then it pretends that it actually had that like existed in a in a weird historical landscape because like half of a country didn't exist anymore Mm -hmm. you know and they're all like obsessed with like the 90s which is objectively maybe the worst decade and <laughs> yeah. um it's very funny when then people i mean i've experienced this the entire time i've lived here which is now getting close to a decade of that people are ch- it's like yeah you're chasing a high of something that then that you've never yeah. experienced and even the people that then that are like here that long are continuously like like 
grumpy old men, but it's a scene that then like no one else actually cared about where it's like, I can at least like get in the sense of other ones where it's like, yeah, man, you know, LA 1980s, it was crazy. You know, there was this and this and this going on or like New York in the seventies, you had like the plunk punk and like glam scene and whatnot. Like those weirdly to me have more like, uh, an appeal than the sense maybe it, it could me just having a bias against electronic music. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like Speak not that I it. dislike it, but I find it just really corny. All the, maybe also cause I live here too. That like the, the, the level of corniness of hearing Berliners or not Berliners, people who live in Berlin, um, being obsessive over like the simplest music in existence makes no sense to me and treating these people who are like, as you've called them curators, they're not even musicians Mm -hmm. as like glorified as something that they're not like that. They're like, like I like going to a club and it's like, you know, do you know who's, do you know who's, 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 DJing tonight I'm like I know I, I don't care I'm going because I'm expecting techno music tonight mm. this is a techno club I'm assuming I'll be something like I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that I'll be satisfied mm-hmm. at the end of it you know like I'm not oh yeah play the fucking hits dude yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know I love this one dog <laughs> like you don't go to a club for that reason it's for the vibe but similarly at the same time I think probably because of that there is no actual scene of anything that then happens in Berlin nor has there been for like decades yeah a few things so on with this whole like 90s and the it's obviously a blind spot for the documentary too because you'd actually have to get into like you know the real political and historical development of the city and um that's always gentrification that is like so all they can say is like it was crazy they're a bunch of like you know squats and new new spaces and it's like that's yeah. all they can say yeah, like yeah, yeah. as like uh um they are always, and this is why it's the, the bouncer is such a bizarre, but you know, honestly, uh, appropriate figure of adoration for uh, for the club scene because it's you're always the you're. It's not that you're always the spectator, but you're always like, oh, I got a hot tip, or I know I know where to go. It's like you know the best places to go, how that place got there, who's really running it, or all these things. It's really just like being like basically like gossip girl like you, you you know what's going on in the city and you know the hottest places and that's it like you're just a gossip yeah then, then you get to also decide uh no you're who gets to come in and who doesn't which seems like a you know a great role for someone who wants to um there is kind some, of arbitrarily yeah uh, uh, there is something genuinely like like for me uh i don't actually like seriously using the term red flag but people who are like way too into like the club scene mm. big red flag <laughs> like nick, like nick's coming with the hot takes although i have to say when you you know i thought it was classic nick spicy take with the cops but they are literally cops yeah <laughs> so much like they are just like like they suck <laughs> they're usually they, racist they're like i mean you know it happens and like it's the worst part of the whole experience why are people romanticizing yeah it, i right? hate i love standing in line yeah, yeah i yeah. love i love the uh the anxiety inducing oh yeah uh for those like who have who've been uh yeah i know i'm dropping on the pod that i'm cool and i've been to bad kind of few times Mm. um yeah the most anxiety inducing thing is in being like like am i wasting my time well it's embarrassing right yeah they have like 
complete control over you. Like you're, I will you say that this. the tip of getting oh, into oh, bad okay, kind. Go from, from all me. right. From me is I complimented the person's fear factory shirt. <laughs> who was the Jewish day. I was like, Oh, like, I don't know. Yeah. Cool t-shirt. Fear factories, you know, kind of sick, whatever. If you're into new metal mm-hmm. and I just was like, yeah, nice shirt. And the guy's like, <laughs> I was about to, I was about to, I was about to throw you the fuck out, you yeah. Zoolander looking bitch. But you complimented my exactly. Shirt. You complimented my, you complimented my, uh, my, my, my new metal band shirt. So, but the projection my, onto yeah. the that's bouncer, that is yeah. Nick's secret. To, you know, everyone's been asking. However, how do, how how do you how get into bad kind? What do you got to wear? Uh, I, I have, I have, uh, I have uh, uh, gone into bad kind wearing not very cool looking clothes. Still mm-hmm. got it in because all you got to do is just uh, you know tip your hat, yeah. say milady, um, yeah, and yeah. compliment the the the, the dude's t shirt. And so the bouncer, like in this vaguely apolitical, like. You're just along for the ride, just like, you know, again, almost like a tastemaker. The reason it lines up with cops or even like the U.S., like, you know, respect our troops, the bouncers, like it's, it's in a vague sense that people would say, oh, well, they make the whole thing work. Like they have to decide who gets in and have the right environment and everything. And it's like when you really start to interrogate it, like they probably don't like they don't have all that power over it. And it's not because of them that is a good environment inside. But like to interrogate that too much would be like either to, I don't know, get too depressed about it or to, I don't know. It would just, it would raise too many questions in a similar way that like, um, I'm sorry. Yeah, Vendic this troop is, support would in the U S would be like, yeah. no, you can't think about it. Just support the troops. That's why we have good things like support the bouncers. That's why you can have a good time in the club. Like just leave it at that. No exactly. questions. I think the perfect example of this is that, you know, yeah, that they're trying to like curate who comes in, how to make the best evening. One of the funniest experiences of my entire life was that I found out that my former flatmate was kicked out of bad kind for dealing speed. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of the funniest things because like you have to be an idiot to get kicked out of that club for uh i think he even got like like house fabled like from the place and um yeah That's very funny. very very funny that you just mentioned the sense that then in reality they can't actually change anything no they can't because my idiot you know 40 something year old ex-flatmate uh who Kind of had a lot of the similar vibes of one of the other Tuishdea, of uh, the other bouncers, um, who was painfully uncool. I think that then something that we have to also like, like explain as well for those who do not live in Berlin, the perception, maybe they do know this already because maybe I've talked about it before, but the perception of like Berlin being cool is one of the funniest to me because it is one of the most uncool um like scenes like the berlin like techno art scene thing is one part dominated by like a very fake goth thing that i think is really funny like as like someone who was really into metal for a really long time i think that the like how hard they stress of being like gothic is really funny and very forced and kind of like cheesy and that they, they don't get how camp it is is really funny to me. But the second thing is how like a lot of it is like really bad graffiti. Um, a lot of like very like 
people who would like post like inspirational quotes and think it's like really deep. Those are the type of people that you run into at a techno club. It's not like the cool queer kids. It's like a dude who's like probably an anti-vaxxer who's like 40 something years old, probably if they voted, voted for the AFD Mm. and just like wants vibes. And that is very much like, I would I would argue kind of like the overwhelming vibe of like when you go to a normal techno club. If you go to the ones that then are like queer centric, you have a better time in Berlin. They are like, um, you know, a more open, easier kind of like to navigate vibe. But when you go to like, let's say like Sisyphus or whatever, you get a lot of the like older, weird German like Berlin techno heads who are like, yeah, like old men, you know, or like. I don't know. I find it like I find it overwhelmingly cringe and how much it's so hyped up that then it's cool. But in reality, it's just like it's it's very like uh, like Gen uh, Gen X Mm -hmm. loser energy. (laughs) Um, The the word cringe will be reappearing several times in this um, because it is because it is the Jugendwort des Jahres. Ooh. I didn't know that. Actually. Yeah, it got voted as the uh, the wow. youth word of the year for Germany. And because once you realize that it's all cringe, you can see that this is just cop. It's all cop mentality. Copaganda. You think it's it's a hundred percent copaganda. And one one more point about the politics of it. Again, the sad part is it 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 it's a kind of alienation, right? Like on the one hand, the bouncy is just the saddest form. But even the DJ, yeah, they, they pick some good tunes. But it's like. You're projecting the good time like you and everyone else is creating it by like whatever, maybe being in a liminal space. I don't know. The DJ like, sucks because they never when I, I, I request, can you play the 2016 double XL <laughs> <laughs> freshman ciphers and they don't. And then I get kicked out of the club. Yeah. You know, I know that they have no taste. Yeah. I asked them to play Darude Sands. <laughs> I was at a club last night. And they played. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool again. No, yeah. but like you are, it is, it is, you're, it's like a projection and like a little bit of alienation to be like, oh, it's thanks to this place or this person that I'm having a great time here. When it's like, no, it's, it's, it's in you, you it's, it's you and, and your communal your, experience. Yeah, you know? exactly. But like the bouncer as some figurehead of this, like, oh, I had a great time is like, that's like the saddest, you know, form of the, of, of the projection that, that goes on. And this documentary honestly does a good job. I don't know if they intended or you're reading between the lines of there's so they can't film inside Berghain. They can't film like them, you know, the, the line in front of Berghain and just all the shots of them like being at a at a bar or like showing off art or like partying with naked girls dancing on bark tops. It's so it's so cringe. Yeah, it's, it's so embarrassing. bad. They're like asserting. No, no, no. We're having a good time. There's a good time here. And it like really shows you that it's like, huh. It's not because of the bouncer that I have a that I have a positive, warm feeling towards yeah. the, this place or this memory or this experience. It really is like um, I really like then the sense too of that. Then at the beginning of the movie, they faked a interaction. <laughs> yeah. They uh, they the very first thing is that it's it's showing them like preparing the night for this club. And they have a very, very, very clearly forced and staged interaction yeah. where someone is very poorly like reading lines in English yeah. that they like, oh, but can't we come in? It's like, no, it's a private party. It's like, but like we want to come in. You know, it's, just, it's very just. And then after that, it's like, yeah, I got to be the one who curates the night. And it's like, 
you are like you literally not even like not even cop mentality it's like mall security guard mentality <laughs> like a completely useless job that yeah. is literally like it it exists i get yeah. it like they hire the mall security so that then that you stop the kids from skateboarding but the kids are going to come back and skateboard anyway yeah. you know or like actual crime is never actually dealt with by the mall security guard they like legally can't yeah but, but it was cool to see like Paul Blart's inner life. Literally though, but like yeah, they have like a fucking Paul Blart s mentality of like I am the I'm the first line of defense against you know skateboarding kids because yeah. I am the well I'm the gate I'm the gateway to your utopia you know and you should honestly respect me as such. Yeah, you can, uh... I can understand when <laughs> clubs have you know like the idea then of the bouncer makes sense of like I think creating safe spaces for people who need those safe spaces created of like i understand that then if you go into a like again like i mentioned like the queer scene in berlin or whatever you know like you you let anyone into that like that's you know obviously not good Mm -hmm. you know having a a gang of you know english bros going into a you know stumbling into a into a a queer party is going to be bad news for either one party which i did i did enjoy there was one scene where they're talking about how like yeah these these coked up <laughs> yeah. English boys were trying to get in. I wouldn't let them in, and, and then we got in a huge brawl. But it's like you know, I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad some things never change. In like, yeah, and I'm not saying that then in the sense I'm like against like a door policy in any way. Like you know, I understand that there's like like how especially like nightlife in Berlin is the sense you have a lot of tourists who come and like make problems. Yeah, this yeah. And that. That's all true. I literally in the case of uh uh ended up, stumbled upon a group of Americans like a while ago. Um, who then invited me to go out with them? And if if I was not there, the guy would have had like like been robbed, like thinking that he was getting like drugs and shit like mm. that. Like there are dumb people out there who like don't understand the sense of like you know normal behavior, mm-hmm. and are I would argue yeah, pro, like predominantly tourists in Berlin. Like it, it makes sense. But you're not the, you know, you're not, you're not the, the most important, yeah. uh, you know, cog of the evening of like, you know, what curates the evening and whatnot. Yeah. So there are three bouncers in this movie. Yeah, they're kings. I want to, we were going to save the best for last. The most obvious, you know, sometimes you need the most extreme example to really hammer home the point that this is just a piece of shit cop. Um, but We'll get there in steps. The first you mentioned is Sven. Sven's the most boring. He's just boring. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. It's just like they all represent different parts of. I, I feel like the, uh, the, <laughs> the, 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 the troop worship that goes on around the uh, the techno scene. But he's just like, it just doesn't look that interesting, you know. No, he's I just mean, walking he along looks the beach like in Vostok. Cool. I don't, he doesn't even actually look he's that cool. Up. He's at like a book signing in Italy, and just like he's drinking a Weinschorle and giving a talk. <laughs> he's just like, all right, cool. Yeah, jet setting around the like. That's the real like. I'm sure the Berlin other people will be like, "Oh, he's just like me." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do the same thing when I'm, uh, you know, going for you know a UN summit or whatever <laughs> that I'm invited to because I'm a fucking psychopath. Sven for- is speaking at Davos this year, actually, <laughs> <laughs> about border control. <laughs> Oh damn! Uh, you know when the clubs were closed, Sven found a job <laughs> opening in Poland for uh, 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 for Frontex. 
Uh, but the EU, the EU is sending uh, Sven to the Belarusian border. Heute <laughs> nicht. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's like there's gen- genuinely just a sense of the like, in the sense of trying to make him a mysterious figure, he just comes off as yeah, being just yeah, yeah. even more lame. Yeah, and like I said, uh, my man has the worst fits I've seen on a on a on on probably. You anyone. can't tell him nothing. <laughs> that, that dude is a, you know, he's a god on earth, and so yeah, his fits there. He he can pull it off. He can he can wear whatever he wants. I like how this uh, this movie came out in like what 2019? 2019. He's wearing like what like drop crotch trainers in 2019. It's like that's so sick. The uh, the second character is uh, a guy named Smiley Baldwin. Is his name? I think. Um, I think Smiley Baldwin. <laughs> he was American, so we automatically liked him more. <laughs> he was so he's. I from liked him the, at first, and then you like researched. He, yeah, him. I yeah, liked well, him now maybe the least. So he's from the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, moved he was in the army uh came he was in berlin just it seemed randomly like just on a like a visit and then he's like oh this is sick i gotta come back here and, and oh he, no, no no randomly on a visit no it was not randomly on a visit he was stationed here no no no, no. he came and then he like made sure no i need to go back there oh, okay and got a job in the military police for the u.s army in west berlin <laughs> yeah who polices who, who, who polices <laughs> the, the 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 police so like you know, he's a smiley guy. That's why his nickname's Smiley. And, you know, he seems to be, like, friendly and all that. But he is literally the most cop of all of them because he today runs a security firm um, in, in Berlin. So, like, that's his day job. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's, like, he's, he's literally, like, well, I guess I can uh, apply what I learned, <laughs> my training in the U.S. Army to... Uh, to uh, decide who gets yeah, what is who an, does an and MP doesn't get into in clubs. Berlin, do you just continuously like hounding know, down man. drunk troops? <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe yeah. Like maybe a tourist day is his like only like job in life that he can actually like, do. Um, he's black. He talks about like some like is there racism? And he's like, no, I never felt any racism. Like East Berlin, like everyone it was a great time at all the clubs. Um, I guess there's some examples of him. Uh, People being racist to him when he was the Tuesdaya, but um, otherwise, I don't think all really those times. Up. But yeah, everything else, good, good vibes. And so, like, yeah, at the end, he's also like one of these characters where it's like, oh fuck, okay, you're gonna literally run a security company in Berlin. Like, this is like, oh, cool, open, like not repressive. Like, <laughs> this is where you can be like open. You don't have to worry about like, you know, everything's like horizontal. Everything's like, you know, just live, let live. No rule, you know. Yeah, that's 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 the open. mentality that I have at my company. Hi, my name's Eric Prince. I'm, uh, <laughs> Eric Prince would be a great. Uh, be, <laughs> did you know at McFit? This is like a year ago or so now, but they had there was this big like advertising campaign. I think it was outside too, but via Zishon Berlin, and then it's like there was like this this dude like it was like via like like we make everything happen, like yeah. we make the parties happen, we make this happen, and it was like you know I was just there like doing my sets thinking damn <laughs> that was it me was it for the police or what I, it, I don't know if it was i think it was a private security firm but they were hiring people it was not the police i remember like wizag or whatever was it's probably something yeah. like that anyway i just you thought like people would finally respect me people would have to <laughs> salute me <laughs> as i walked down the street people would <laughs> people would have to uh stand up and uh uh you know applaud when they when, when i walk in hope 
You yeah, know? exactly. I, I, I was tempted by the You get a 21-gun salute when you get off the train. <laughs> I yeah. could finally get... Uh, sorry, a little little side note. I don't know if I've mm-hmm. ever mentioned this on the show. Of Do you know that the that the security company that then works with BFLG is... It could be that one, honestly. Well, no, this is the thing that's really funny of it. Is it's, it's like a family like mafia business <laughs> that oh, they don't oh, hire okay. people outside of their family. So all the people, they had a scandal a few years ago because they like they like didn't process the paperwork of like a, a black employee, and it like took him like years to get onto the force apparently of the you know people who harass you on the train. Huh. Fun fact, you know, for anyone who wants to do a little bit of research that I don't personally want to, um, that yeah, that company wh- whose name I forget is incredibly sketchy. So I assume okay, fact. so viasicherberlin.de is Hausversicherheit Berlin. Um, I don't need to are, know they what are, <laughs> they are the black water of, yeah. of the Berlin troops but you know you could be an operator you could be you could be a a, a Tuesdaya operator you know get a, get a bunch of tattoos get the lip piercings you know just stand there <laughs> get a grill just stand, just stand on a street corner and like you know stop people who are trying to bike by I will say on on Sven's uh to Sven's defense though I know that we're going back to him. He's the only, he's like one of six white people who can wear a grill. <laughs> so he does have some swag. Well, it's not even just so much that it's swag. It's the fact that then he has no swag, but there's like, like the, like the extensive jewelry, like makes sense. Hmm. So that is like, you know, his fits garbage, but he does get the, the, uh, he is one of the, like the six white people hmm. who can wear a grill. The other ones being, uh, Paul Wall, uh, uh, um, Post Malone, mm. and I'll get back to you on the, the other person listening to this. The person, li- yeah, the, yeah, the, <laughs> the girl listening to this can wear a grill. Um, and then we have, I feel like, the synthesis, <laughs> the ultimate representation of Berlin. Oh my god, bouncer culture. His name is Frank Künster. What do you remember about Frank from from the movie? Just, just get, create a create a create a sketch, a character sketch for the for the listener. He's a uh, portly middle aged German man who yep. looks, I looks as basic as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. from a little town in Baden-Württemberg. Yeah, yeah like yeah. all the like yeah. all, all the ger- in, uh, internal German. Uh, like uh, literally, not one feature of him has like just like I couldn't <laughs> aside from maybe like his like tattoo on his arm. Mm-hmm. He looks just like a German guy has a has a big belly. Yeah, that's it. But what sets him <laughs> apart is that he's a fucking freak. <laughs> he is a. I said it as a joke, um, and then as, that he is the ultimate. Where's my hug at? And then <laughs> literally no fewer than 20 times in the documentary, he basically goes like, hello, voice my hug. <laughs> and like, he's like, yeah, I run the coolest bar. And then he's just like, yeah, we're all having fun here. It's crazy. And then it's just like, he's got like really young girls like on his arm. And then like, there's one scene literally where I guess they're filming a movie or something. It was a photo shoot, uh, I think. And so he's just like, there's just naked, like it's topless him, girls the best part is holding fake it's- guns. And then he's just like, yeah, um, you know, you, you got to like hug me. I'm smoking my cigarette. I look cool. Yeah. And then the conversation that he's having with like a very coked out man <laughs> with was, like whose dad is like probably like a like a, a pretty well off film film director. And yeah. He's like, yeah, I can rent I can rent the equipment from my dad. We can do this. Yeah. Literally like my uncle has this uh, has this perfect big game, like huge outbound middle of the city. 
Yeah, there's some people living there. We can just fucking kick them out. Yeah, Eichenbedoff. I gotta make. I gotta shoot this like sketchy like. Where are the troops? You kick down the door. <laughs> yeah, just like seven. That's in the German Constitution. Yeah. Bouncers can. If you can. yeah, if 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 you say Eichenbedoff and you just appear with seven just busty women. You yep. get to take that apartment. Yeah, you get to take it. They, you have to let them do a photo. Sh- uh, yeah, uh, yeah, a photo shoot. Which um, uh, one woman, one woman's uh, face was blurred out in it, and so it just makes me raise questions about <laughs> what's going on, who these people are, if they're there's just many shots of him just sitting there on his stool in front of a door, and then just like pointing through five people and being like pointing at the girl, and then being like. Like sitting there, like Jabba the Hutt, and being like (laughs) just getting Princess Leia, like holding them tight, and being like, "Oh, oh, welcome." (laughs) Um, there's no. You just honestly, I don't know if we should recommend people watch this movie, but no, it's bad. It's really boring. It's 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 genuinely a a waste of of my time. Being a, I don't want to say sex pest, but I just wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, yeah, he's he's um, he shows off his art in his apartment. And he's like, that's me as Liberace, I think was one of them. Yeah. Uh, I can just imagine he turns the corner and he's like, uh, oh, you know, my my uh, my friend painted this. It's like, check it out. It's these naked women and they all have Pink Floyd albums painted. <laughs> and they're sitting on this ledge and it's just it's so sexy. <laughs> Because like yeah. all of his like sexy photos and like photo shoots he does is just like Here's a girl with big boobs and she's covering her. <laughs> she's covering one, one nipple. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool, dude. Yeah. The, uh, like you go into, you go into his room and he has a big poster of just like a, a, a chick with massive tits, mm-hmm. like smoking a joint. Oh yeah. And it's like her, her bikini is also like pot themed mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He's wearing one of those tie dye. Let's get weird shirts. <laughs> just like, he's just a party animal, dude. Yeah, he is. He is uh, not only that of the fact of the weird, you know, uh, you know what? He also like, makes classic uh, Disney noises when, when he sees busty, busty women come up. He goes, <laughs> everyone in the line has to wait two minutes while he cycles through all of the like while steam comes out of his ears. <laughs> He's hitting himself in the head with a hammer. <laughs> That's why it takes so long. Yeah, to his get eyes in. just just continuously just like protrude out of his out of his mm. head. His jaw drops to the floor. Yeah, saliva is just going everywhere. Yeah, yeah. He walks through the city and and he says like, uh, he's he's like, where is my hug at? I am a <laughs> I am a troop. Can you give me my hug? Oh uh, yeah, he's like. There's that part that was very weird, but the thing the thing was really kind of odd to me at at his character was the best to me because at the end of it he like like. Maybe not even just him, but all all of their lives were just incredibly sad. Yeah, I don't. Again, that, that's one of those things where I don't know if the documentary is going for it or it's just an element of it. Like, but he is kind of like, yep. Yeah. I mean, does he, he? I feel like he even says like in a quote, like, yeah, "I love living a hedonistic life," and he's just like at the end, like another party come and gone. Yeah, but cool. it's just like in the sense of like he lives in like a really dumpy v, like in like a really <laughs> dumpy apartment. Like it's, um, I don't know. Yeah, like. I don't get it. Like, I feel that then that they're all just like coping with like extreme depression in the sense of the club scene. Just like, you know, they're probably not the only ones. <laughs> but I know least, that. I know that. They I get know to that. be at least they get to be legends, dude. They get to be. No, I remember the one, the one, the one, the uh, one, the one bouncer said to 
uh, Smiley that he's not a legend. He's oh, he's a hero. a hero. That's true. Yeah, That's the true. bouncer at Prince Charles, which is a fucking cringe ass <laughs> club. <laughs> yeah, they were they were standing in front of um, uh, Matrix, <laughs> just being like the bros where it I all think started. That's the only like step that could go like lower in that. <laughs> I have been to Matrix. Why? I didn't know someone. It's a long story. I was with someone to put it. I was with a friend of a friend who kept getting kicked out of line because he was drunk. And then someone was like, I know a place where we can go. And I, yeah, we ended up in Matrix. Yo, was it lit? Uh, no. I imagine it's mostly just like 16-year-olds who watch Berlin Tag und Nacht. <laughs> I mean, I don't even remember. It's pretty empty, I gotta say. Yeah. The thing that's really... All right, so for those who don't know, this is getting this is getting a little bit too niche of, of Berlin. We're getting, we're getting inside, yeah. inside baseball. So, uh, there's a club in Berlin called Matrix. And the thing that's the funniest thing about it is that there's a, there's an, a television show that's adjacent to it called Berlin Tag und Nacht, where it's on, I believe, a private channel. I think it's on on, on uh, RTL. And the entire point of the show is that you have these, like, yeah, I don't know, just a bunch of losers who, like, don't do anything. And it's like Degrassi if it had the budget of, like, a high school production. <laughs> and, and one of them does become a Berlin techno, a famous techno DJ like drake i yeah I, I, I bet i mean they all end up having kind of really funny scandals in real life but um they all like go to this club frequently in the show and it's like i think the only thing that then is keeping like matrix in business is that you have like 16 year olds like their first club yeah. experience is like oh my god I'm gonna go to berlin and go to go to go to this club and if i'm not mistaken it is one of the few clubs that then lets like younger people come in probably because a lot of the other clubs in Berlin have a 21 and over policy. Yeah. They should just try to create a, uh, you know, they need better PR and then they can have a worldwide reputation for just being like crazy where anything happens, you know, all thanks to some <laughs> wild characters. Yeah. Who represent pure utopia on this planet. Yeah. I, I, I don't recommend watching this movie at all. <laughs> I I thought it would be a funny idea because Rob and I are just not feeling too great today. And it was um, not a good film, like genuinely a bad documentary. Um, this is not a recommendation to like check it out in <laughs> this any is, way. This is really just about <laughs> putting, it's a mentality out, putting the of, thesis out there that the, the Berlin clubs is troop worship, you know? Yeah, it and is. You should stop. And you're going to get in trouble if you disrespect the troops. Yeah. Every time you have a party in Hasenheide, that's disrespecting the troops. You ne- <laughs> you can't. <laughs> stolen valor. It's, it's absolutely stolen valor. Yeah. You can't. Who do you think you are? Yeah. Don't 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 go to a to an open air rave that's just in the middle of nowhere. I really um. I I think like my little bit of advice though for everyone is that if you end up in the city of Berlin and you end up in the circles of people who start talking about how someone like Sven is cool, <laughs> Is leave. this a conversation you've had a lot? Yeah. I've <laughs> had this. Okay, but how does it come up like... When like, I first like, came like here... Like a pause and people are like, you know who's cool? <laughs> no, it would just be like people like have a weird like 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 admiration for him that i don't understand it is a thing within certain group like people who are people who are 
who think that going to Bergheim is cooler than just the sense of going to a club and having a good time, but mm. view it as a religious experience. People who have some, like, who, who I think believe in the similar, like, mindset of how they're like, I just want to live a heathenist, he, hedonistic style, like, lifestyle mm-hmm. because they're just, like, so afraid of the sense, I think, of, like, coming to the realization that then that they're, like, boring. Mm-hmm. These are the people who then, like, think that it's cool yeah you know and there's a lot of people that then that move to berlin who like will buy into the bullshit of the club scene and whatnot like the clubs in berlin are great they genuinely are like berlin has great clubs it is it is a fun time you know but the minute that you start like making your fucking life about it is like really weird to me and the minute that you start worshiping the the bouncer is a massive red flag. Well, it's it's sad to me because again, like I have for whatever reason personally so much sympathy for people who are like, I just want to have a good time and I don't know what to do. I'm not cool. I'm just trying to like. And maybe they're yeah me. Maybe they're weird. Maybe maybe, maybe they don't know. <laughs> maybe they can't get to the clubs because they're not cool. And like like everyone has the right to party. Of course, they gotta have a chill, good time. You know. Um, and in a lot of ways that leads to very violent, like, I mean, uh, people are, you've been to, yeah, you've been to yeah. frat parties in the U S right? Like yeah, that's, yeah. that's one way one. where it's like, you only, you've only been to I've one, only been frat to one. Party. actually I got asked this last night of, have I ever been to a frat party? And I said, yes, I've been to one, one? and I've been to one. And uh, I, everyone got kicked out of the party but me and two other people because <laughs> the guy whose house it was was like, you guys are cool. Everyone else has to leave. And I was there for 30 minutes. I did not know him. Um, the, the analogy I, don't I told people... I don't people, think he's a good, like, you know, uh, uh, person to ask. But where, where I'm going with this is that I, I, I used the analogy before that frat, frat parties are almost like cartels. Like, because you have to be 21 legally to drink, it's like, yeah, it, it, it goes on to the black market. And it's like, yeah, you can, like... If you're well, yeah, you're an 18 year old at college, you can get fucked up here. But like, someone might roof your drink. <laughs> like it's you know yeah. what I mean. Like it's like a this like gray zone where people can like have like this power that they shouldn't have. And I'm not saying te- Berlin techno clubs are like that, but even to project this coolness onto like the fucking bouncer, yeah. like goes in this direction as if it's like you make the party. You like you yourself, the listener, the the attendee, make the party, not this fucking bouncer, or whatever. But it's like. And going in that direction, I feel like only leads to bad things, whether it's, um, yeah, not, not kind of always feeling on the outside or alienated from whatever fun experience or creative expression or whatever you're looking for, or on the other end of things like giving people power who can abuse that power. We can just, we can put it, yeah. leave it like that. I think one of the funniest things that then kind of ties into this, um, obsession that people have is i don't know if you've met people like this but um coming across the person who is obsessed with particularly baghain who has never been <laughs> to baghain don't want to ruin the mystique well this should is stay, the thing it should, it is should that, remain like, a... i think i think that people have this idea and the people who like go there religiously like think it's like the blade party <laughs> like non-stop <laughs> And it's like again, like I'm not gonna like shit on it. The fact that it, like it's a good club, it's one of the better clubs in town. It's getting too expensive, but whatever. Um, it's it's definitely a a thing. But there's like this idea that then like yeah, that people think it's the like I think people just legitimately think it's like the Blade Party. Um, 
is really funny to me because uh yeah i don't know like it's a it i can't emphasize how normal <laughs> this club is <laughs> like it's not like so yes you can see weird things like people you know getting head like randomly and like it's mm. like that but that's like normal i think in, like the berlin club scene is like there's like there is that hedonism that's everywhere it's kind of lame um but at the end of the day it's like you know whatever like fine yeah you know well not not to not to go back to to frank <laughs> the, the that's lame but though. he's like yeah it's so cringe where he's like yeah it's just sexy have a good time you know you want to make women feel good and open oh, and it's God, like no no God, not this not this, this quote not, that you found okay i do i do have a quote i need to read from him <laughs> i was doing a little googling yeah oh my no, God. no but he's like it seems cringe to me like i don't want to be like oh you you shouldn't like just black and white photos of naked women isn't isn't cool. Yeah, that's just like yeah, do, whatever. Do, yeah, but yeah. his do, do suck. <laughs> They're cringe. And again, maybe you've seen this documentary. Maybe you haven't. I doubt that anyone has. But his, it's uncomfortable sometimes. His uh, relationship some it, with with some women. Yeah, in, horribly. In, yeah, no, no, very, very, very odd. I was doing a little uh, googling. Uh, and I found a quote from Frank. This is in an interview with, I don't, I don't know if it's an interview or they just collected, I think they just like collected quotes he said in the past. Um, I'll read it in German and then we can translate. <clears throat> this is from Frank Künster. Das klingt dann rassistisch. Aber Gruppen mit Migrationshintergrund benehmen sich halt anders. Vor allem Frauen gegenüber und das ist im Club schädlich. Man muss den Frauen den Raum geben, sich wohl zu fühlen. And then blah, 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 blah. If there's too many men and they're an Osh or whatever. Basically what that says is, I don't mean to sound racist, but the migration background groups uh, treat or like act differently um, with women and that's bad in the club. You have to make women feel, give them space and make them feel good. And again, the man saying this is just like picking women out of a lineup and being like, oh, come give me a hug. You want to get into this club? <laughs> like you want to do a photo shoot with me? Like, oh, my God, I love beautiful women. Oh, I love sexy ladies. Um, I just got so pissed off, dude, when I read that. <sighs> uh, yeah, he's definitely the coolest yeah of he ran some he ran king size bar or club which i don't know people it's like doesn't exist anymore legendary dude yeah it's so legendary i think it existed for four <laughs> years and went bankrupt um the thing that like that was something that then like the another vibe of this like documentary that then i found was very interesting is that then um because they're all like all right if there's any anything that then's more of a of a an endorsement of Deutsche von Cohen Eignen mm. is all these people who are like them continuously being like, damn, like I hate that Berlin's changing mm. this and that. Yeah. You know, if you want, like I legitimately think that it's good that then Berlin has a lot of alternative spaces, even though I may not frequent them myself. Um, so the thing that's just funny is in having these like grumpy old men kind of go around and just being like, damn, things are getting different, but there's like no like understanding of it. It's just like times are changing, like wonder why that is, but it's like entirely yeah, yeah. in the sense of like that there's, yeah, the like the, the, the like thumb of neoliberalism that Berlin's mm -hmm. under that's been like slowly 
like it's been resisting in like certain regards. I would not say that these people are in any regard of that. I think the techno scene is probably one of the most yuppie things in Berlin. Mm. Um, depending on like which, you know, thing or how, how you navigate it. But the thing of the matter is that then that at the end of the day, Berlin does have interesting things, mm-hmm. you know, and the inability of understanding that, because I remember you found a bunch of quotes of them saying that then like, oh, these like new people who are moving here better not change it. Yeah. And it's like, or negative politics, which we still yeah, don't understand we don't know what, what that, that means. means. <laughs> yeah. That means cancel culture, baby. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's definitely this sense of that. I think one of the senses of, of the killing our vibe. Yeah. The way that then that you could have your vibe not get killed is, uh, understanding in the sense that how these places exist, which can only be then through the lens of uh, like affordability, housing, things like that. And yeah, they're just, they have like a very like boomer mentality, but there's like, oh, the yeah. young kids ruining Berlin. It's like, well, that's, it's, um, it's understandable when the, the, the scene, the music, the art grew, not to say end of history again that we always do, but grew out of a yeah. depoliticized or like there were people also in the nineties who were in squats in Berlin who were like, for example, like anti-Deutsch that are like the, the German, like we have to stop this, like the new German Reich, you know, that's like forming. And people are like, nah, I just, just going to chill. not going to think about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to think about the consequences of you know, what, it, what this means, the fall of communism. The, yeah. I just want to, I just want to, you know, I just want to vibe. I just want to rail speed. And, and that's like always, a, and that's like, you know, the fact that, um, for example, techno comes from like, like in Detroit, like made by people who either worked in like car factories or whose whole family worked in car factories. And it's like reclaiming the, you know, literal like production of these like metallic sounds that like, you know, is part of your the labor that's just like, you know, exploited from you versus like then you can create it yourself in like a creative way. But then that's just like, no, it's just. It goes from that. What if I just vibed? To, uh, my friend uh, at Meta Comrade Emma Linka on on Twitter called uh, called techno clubs the most Catholic uh, space because <laughs> it's like you have I'm, I'm 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 listening either the bouncer or the DJ. The DJ is literally at the pulpit, and it's like this like temple. You know, it's like this like holy space where. In comparison to, you know, whatever the Protestant uh, Martin Luther, right? Wasn't, wasn't yep. that on October 31st? Nailed up his thesis. Um, compared to that, whatever that is uh, internalized or deconstructed or, or whatever, it is, no, this is a space that's um, like the, the holiness is like kind of internal to this. You know, you have to go here to access it. Just like yeah. the Vatican. Yeah, yeah, it's the Vatican. I mean, yeah, then that's that, that even that even just solidifies no scandals. Yeah, that <laughs> that's never happened in the in, in any music scene. <laughs> the Pope is in hot water for saying, "Dude, this ratio sucks." <laughs> you have to you have to criminalize ratio. Yeah. The uh, Pope has hired uh, Frank to uh, the Sistine Chapel has a terrible ratio right now. <laughs> You're yeah. letting in too many dudes, but. Yeah, I, I I guess more or less on that note. Um, yeah, happy Halloween! <laughs> congratulations to Sven for living his best life. Honestly, yeah. Like, congratulations to all of them for being really boring, right place, right and, time to just 
vibe to just vibe yeah and to convince like a bunch of like you know art students who are like trust fund kids that they're cool Mm. because that's who this documentary was for (laughs) like other people who don't have jobs Mm. you know like i'm sorry you know cool kids like you and me rob uh understand that this is uh you know yeah cop mentality um it is uh um you know respectful of the troops and uh, lots of weird undertones in that sense, yeah. but yeah, it, they fought for your freedom, literally. The fact, but this movie got like, like you showed me a picture of of like the guy who made it, and I was like, in no way surprised. <laughs> it was just like, is it like it's people who think that they're cooler fail sons? Mm. You have no responsibilities. You can live in Berlin like off of the penny of your parents or you know whoever, then then it's fucking paying for you. And those are the people who can then become obsessive of like club culture i've always wondered like how are there people who can like do nothing here but then like always somehow have money and i always forget there's a shit ton of very wealthy uh you know expats Mm. who just can exist in the in a a realm of other like losers like them (laughs) that don't do anything but they just like or this reminds me of that fucking uh, interview with fucking Lil, Lil Zang where he's like, damn, LA is just like, like clout sharks. Yeah. And it is that. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, would you rather a, uh, uh, a, a club full of, of uh, fake people or three to four topless women who you've paid to do a photo shoot with you? <laughs> damn, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, just remember that your lifestyle as a as an expat in Berlin is under threat, and the thin, the thin blue line defending you from the coked up Brits are your Tuesdaya. So please, yes. Next time you see them, thank them for their service. Yeah, I'm gonna do that next time I go to the club. <laughs> so, what does this make the awareness team? the The awareness team as replacement for a bouncer is is that like uh, these are like lo- local militias or something that's gonna the, against? We gotta flesh this out, but we don't have time on the podcast. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm gonna reread uh, End of Policing, but mm. uh, there there has to be a way forward, and we're gonna find it together. But yeah, uh, on that note. Uh, we will see you guys then for the bonus. Do we have anything to plug? Mm, no, we have cool, a lot of cool episodes coming up. Yeah, we do have <laughs> lots of cool episodes coming up. Uh, thank you for uh, for putting up with Rob and I's like recovery episode. Yeah, uh, I hope you all had a had a nice Halloween and stayed safe. If you uh, you know, celebrate the yeah, uh, you, the, yeah. the religious holidays. Right. And yeah, we'll see you guys all then for the bonus or for next week. Take care. Peace.